to this passage a bit with you uh, and talk about uh, communicating the gospel. I'm going to ask Rob to come up, uh, Rob Dudens. So um, Rob and I go back many years uh, in our relationship um, and it's one thing that uh, I've seen in Rob over the years is um, that he has a heart for mission and a heart for people to come to know Jesus. Um, and uh, often for Rob that's uh, international, but I often see it um, in his everyday as the way he connects with um, people in, when I was working with him, um, people uh, through church connections, through church ministry as well. So um, I thought I'll uh, get Rob up here and we'll, uh, I'll just ask him a few questions and... Um, We'll uh, hear some of his thoughts about the sharing the gospel. Um, so I, I just gave him some questions. So the first one is, um, uh, where do you find it easiest to share the gospel, Rob? Yeah, thanks, Glenn. Yeah. Thanks for making me look better than what I actually am. It's good. Hear me? Yes. Thank you for making me look better than what I actually am. <laughs> thanks for that, Glenn. That's okay. Um, I find it easiest to share the gospel, I'd say, mission trips, so the old yellow todays, you know, and I guess when we go there, people, when we actually go there, people saying, yeah, these people from God, they've actually come here to do that, and same with when we go to Uganda and stuff like that, and similarly, like CRE or SRI, you know, so that's when I found it easiest. Mm. I have uh, seen Rob's love for kids in particular um, and seeing you share the gospel with kids is great. Um, I've got you, Rob's also joined the Cavell Corner Networkers, uh, so we're there each week. How do you go at uh, sharing the gospel at Cavell, Rob? I suck. <laughs> Any more? <laughs> um. Yeah, you don't get much time and there's a bit of a noise problem. Sometimes I trouble hear what people are saying. Um, it's a short amount of time. Do speak a little bit, but I, I think it's sort of important to get involved in people's lives outside Cavell. Yeah. So actually go sort of beyond Cavell and then you can actually get a chance to communicate the gospel more. Yeah, yeah that's good. So and I've seen... Yeah, I've seen you do that. Rob has connected with people and helped people outside Cavell. Um, what is uh, the best thing about communicating the gospel? Uh, I think uh, revealing the truth and, and, yeah, just revealing the truth and people actually seeing it and you can see the Holy Spirit working in people and they actually get it. Mm. And I think actually the Holy Spirit working in yourself, it gives you sort of something extra when you actually go out there and you communicate the gospel. It's sort of hard to describe, but that's it. It's a beautiful picture. You just hear what he said there about um, the best thing about sharing the gospel is seeing the Holy Spirit at work in others and uh, experiencing the work of Holy Spirit in yourself. <laughs> um, really good. Um, uh, what do you find hardest? Um, oh no, sorry, there's another one in there. Do you think you're good at sharing the gospel? 
Uh, no, I, I don't think I'm good at sharing the gospel. I think I've already shared that. Yep. Well, you can move on to the other one about uh, what do you find hardest? Uh, and sharing the gospel, I think, not not when you're out on a mission trip, then it's it's fairly natural and easy. It's hardest in the everyday life and you're sort of becoming friends with people, you're building relationships and to actually make that transition from, yeah, being a good guy to actually start sharing the gospel and sharing Jesus and what he's done and all that and it's sort of, I think it takes a bit of work to do that. And yeah, it's good. A bit of um, intentional conversation, I guess, to yep. head it in the right direction. I've seen people do that really well. I'm not one of them, yeah. but yeah. That's right. There are those who are uh, gifted at that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, and uh, can you think of a positive story where you've communicated the gospel? Or one that hasn't gone so well? Maybe one of each. I'll give one of each. Um, one was in Uganda. This was pre-Hope Builders oh. Day when I went there and um, sort of started witnessing and felt called to witness to a bunch of street kids, you could call them, and sort of witnessed to them and then spent some more time with them. And when I went back to Uganda again, spent more time with them. And to actually see some of them convert from... Like some of them were Muslim and they went from Muslim to believing in Jesus and believing in God and they connected yeah. with the church and became like a worship leader and all of that and that was just exciting. Was yes. So that's the most exciting story. I've met some of those kids. I don't know if you remember early on the Kawempi kids. They were part of um, some of the work that we did and meeting some of them afterward and that began uh, with you, Rob. That's great. Yes. Um, Flip side, anything, another uh, example where it hasn't gone so well? Or? Oh, I could bring up lots of examples here. <sighs> Which one? Um, back in the Ozcraft days, had a bricky. I'm start mentioning names. Had a trade and great guy and some of us shared the gospel with him many times and he sort of understood and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I ended up bringing him to a, a service where an a mafia, ex-mafia boss was sharing. And it was just an absolute incredible, amazing story and full of miracles and stuff. And and I thought at the end of that, oh, this has got to be it. This, is, this has got to be the moment. And it wasn't. And so that's and it's really tough. Sometimes they hear it all and they they want to listen and they listen and listen. But it's once again, it's the Holy Spirit that actually does it in them. See what you say or do. So that yeah. was probably one of the worst. I'd say. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah. You can take a seat. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah, I asked Rob just to um, share stuff that was real from his sort of everyday life experiences. And um, I think when I speak to most uh, Christians, uh, this idea of sharing the gospel and sharing your faith is one of the hardest things that we find to do. Um, and I'm still trying to put my finger on why that is. <laughs> I think we've, we're covering some of that. So uh, hopefully these sermons, as we... Um, go through this, uh, this section um, of our theme at the moment on sharing the gospel that we'll actually grow in that and become uh, more confident 
in who we are in Christ in that. Um, so we're, we're here just going, setting the scene again. Uh, we're looking at uh, moving people in following Christ. What does it mean to be a disciple or a follower of Jesus? Um, and we've talked about being part of a church family. We've talked about praying selflessly. And now we're on to uh, sharing the gospel. And uh, we're doing four sermons in there. Last week, Andrew uh, talked about confidence in the gospel. Uh, this week, I'm going to do communicating. Next week, Andrew does context of gospel sharing and then uh, compelled by the gospel. Um, and in some ways, we sort of overlap a bit and we cover uh, bits and pieces of each other's uh, topics. And I think particularly as I was thinking uh, this week that the confidence in the gospel and the compelled by the gospel are sort of two sort of bookends as to sort of why we do this, um, sort of the heart of why we do this. And the other two in the middle, the communicating the gospel and the context of the gospel are going to be sort of a bit more practical around the how. Uh, to, to share uh, the gospel. Um, so I think that's sort of a good framework. I, I just want to stop, pause, and just thank Joel. Um, I thank God for Joel. Because Joel sort of has done a lot of work in putting these themes together and working out. So I get a list of pretty well, this is what we're on, and this is sort of some passages and stuff like that. And I think Joel has been really gifted by God uh, to be able to do this and to give us frameworks and things that we can hang uh, the preaching from week to week and now stuff in your life groups as well. Um, so just, if, you, if you're being moved by this, just let, thank Joel because um, I think God has really blessed our church through the work that he's doing around this theme stuff. Um, we, particularly as we're t- talking about sharing uh, the gospel, um, if we're um, maturing in our faith and if we're moving in following Jesus, we should be seeing the gospel work in our lives and then uh, it then moves that that would flow out of us into the lives of others. And so we're doing those two things together when we're exploring the gospel and understanding God's uh, love message to us. Um, it's something that we want to ponder on and it's not something that we just, it's got to share to them. <laughs> it's actually something we've got to take in deep to ourselves and it sort of overflows out of us uh, as we um, go from there. What's the next slide? What have I got? Oh yeah, and this is sort of the other one that we're sort of putting um, around this sharing the gospel. Uh, you would have heard this if you've been in church scenes many times that uh, it's not just for the gifted evangelists. Yeah, the gifted evangelists will do it in sort of a natural and, and often more powerful way um, in some ways. Um, but that if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus has commissioned us to be witnesses for him. Uh, and so we're all in this. Um, and I like this picture that someone has put together with all of us uh, on there, and that we're all called to be witnesses and we're all called to be proclaimers of the gospel um, in word and deed. So uh, we're going to have a look at this passage from 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, and I'm going to go a little bit into chapter 5, and um, then we're going to look at some practical stuff. And I know it's a bit small, but um, you can, it just, it's, 
picks at the passage of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you can follow it through there. This is Paul's letter uh, to a messy church. The church in Corinth was very messy, uh, very messed up. uh, And yet Paul brings in this sort of just hopeful, encouraging message. um, And I think it's for us as one hope as well that we, uh, just like Rob said, (laughs) we suck at this. If you, and we're not that great at it and our lives and, and that might be the context of who we are as a church and we're not that great or whatever um, around our confidence in that and yet Paul comes and says but yet God has chosen you as his means by, to share the gospel. So yeah, you can whinge and whine about it but ultimately he's chosen you and as we go through here, <laughs> we'll see in the, there's a reason for that. Because he says, I choose the weak, the broken, the nothing, so that I will, my power will be made known. And that people will see me and, uh, and see um, or experience me in that. So that, that's good for us to know as we, we often when we sit under sermons like this, we, we respond like Rob did. So we suck at this. We're not very good at it. But we can be encouraged and hopefully we get to the end of this and we'll say, yeah, but that, they're the sorts of people that God chooses <laughs> to reveal himself um, to the world in the everyday. And so Paul's been writing this letter and verse 1 he says, Therefore, since through God's mercy, i.e. we've received the gospel, we have this ministry. And so the question we're asking there is what is the ministry we have? And Paul uh, refers to it a couple of times uh, in and around this passage. In uh, chapter 2, verse 12, he calls it the ministry of a new covenant. So we've moved from these sort of backs back into the Old Testament. Uh, It's not uh, the law anymore. It's a ministry of the new covenant, which is grace through Jesus Christ. And he talks about that. That's the ministry uh, that we have. And the ministry is to proclaim that to let others know that uh, by the way we live and the way we speak. Um, and he, uh, he goes on in uh, chapter 3, verse 8, he says, uh, this is a ministry of the Spirit. So it's not a ministry of um, us getting it all right. Uh, it's a bit like Rob said again, it's a ministry of the power of the Holy Spirit working through us to reveal uh, God to the world. Uh, And it's a ministry of reconciliation. In chapter 5, he starts to talk about that. um, And that God has committed this message, he says there in 5.11, that God's committed this message of reconciliation, which reconciliation is the idea of people and God being right with each other so that they can live in the fullness of who he's made them to be. Uh, He's given that to us, this message to us, so that we then can communicate this good news. And he says a number of times through this passage, so don't lose heart. Because ultimately it doesn't depend on how good you are at this. It just depends on whether you actually understand the gospel. (laughs) And then it it depends on the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you and the work of others. Uh, and so he goes on, uh, as we go there, um, just I'm picking out a few uh, lines along here. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. We set forth the truth plainly. 
in here, we can um, sometimes want to make the Word of God sound different to maybe what it really does, and we can actually start to twist its meaning a little bit, so there's a warning there for, for us in that. Uh, we don't have to distort the Word of God to make it more appealing. Um, we want to make it uh, understandable, and we want to make it positive, uh, but make sure that we don't start to distort it. Um, and we want to set forth the truth plainly. Uh, Rob sort of mentioned it again there. One of the things he likes about sharing the gospel is bringing the truth to bear. Uh, and if we believe this is the truth, that Jesus is who he says he is, uh, we are who we are because of him, uh, then we want to put that forward before others. Uh, and he goes in here and then he says, we commend ourselves to everyone else's conscience in the sight of God. So it's like, we believe this, we want to let other people know. We want their consciences to know why we live the way we live. Our message is displayed by the way we live. Um, and when often we talk about proclaiming the gospel, we often talk about proclaiming the gospel in word and deed. Uh, and I'd say this sort of, those two go together. This morning, I'm particularly just going to focus a bit on the word. There's this whole other side here where Paul's talking about you've got to live this out, your people have got to experience it by the way you live your life, the way you love. But particularly this morning, I want to think about how does it work out as we speak the good news uh, to each other and to those around. Uh, and in this, reminder that we don't preach ourselves, but we rather preach Christ as Lord. We'll pick this up a bit later, that Christ needs to be uh, the hero of our story. Uh, people don't need me as a good friend and a good bloke and a good Christian buddy, they actually need Jesus. And that's what we're trying to proclaim and that's what we're trying to uh, communicate. Um, we have this treasure, this is what I've talked about already, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power is from God, not us. Uh, that's the gospel truth. We know that it was God's work in us who saved us and uh, revealed it to us. So when we feel weak, we can put faith in God. And how do we, um, how do we move forward in that weakness is we ask God for more faith. We ask for God's power to work in our lives. Um, we keep practicing it. We keep trying it. We keep uh, stepping forward uh, into it. Um, and we recognize that the soil that we're preaching this gospel into in 2018 in Australia, in Melbourne in particular, is a very hard soil. It's not a very receptive soil at the moment. And so it makes it hard. And, and, and so Paul reminds us, but don't lose heart. Don't give up. Be encouraged. Um, because then he goes into that verse that you might know. We're hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed. We don't understand it, uh, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, uh, but we're not abandoned. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed because we know who we are in Christ. So don't lose heart, even though it may seem hard. And Rob said it again. I didn't word up all this. It was really good, Rob. Um, even though you can't see it. Even though you can, and he, he picks it up at the end of this passage, doesn't he? There's a work that goes on that you can't see in the hearts of people. So don't always go off what you see. <laughs> um, it's not dependent on it. something God's uh, is at work behind that. Um, he puts it out there that this work um, kills us. Okay, he says that we carry around the death of Christ. 
And we actually have to die to ourselves, die to what other people might think of us, die to our times, our comfort, our money, our, in order for us to keep speaking this. So it is a painful thing, and he doesn't back away from that, but he just reminds them again of the truth of the gospel, of who you now are because of Christ. You are dwelling places of the Holy Spirit, and as Andrew reminded us last week, you now have every spiritual blessing in Christ to be able to do this work. And so we constantly come back to that and say, Holy Spirit, did you say that? (laughs) Sorry, the roof's leaking. (laughs) Anointing from heaven. We can be baptized here. No. Um, uh, he then goes on, I believe, therefore I've spoken. Uh, and with the Spirit, we believe, therefore we speak. So this, this, this whole thing of um, being witnesses requires us to speak it. It's a myth to think you can only proclaim the gospel by living a good life. People can see it and maybe ask questions, but you actually have to speak the words or give the words for people to read. Um, and we can do that because we have faith in who God is and we have the Holy Spirit uh, in us. Uh, and we do this, why? Because we know that as we do it, God's grace, God's mercy, God's compassion reach more and more people and more and more people are coming to know God and bring him glory as they give their lives to him and worship him. We might not see it uh, every day or even every year or even decade much here, but around the world, this continues to happen year in, year out, more than possibly ever than before because there's more people in the world than ever before in many ways. People are continuing to come to Christ as this gospel is proclaimed. So don't lose heart. Fix your eyes on what is unseen, he says at the end. Know that there's a spiritual reality going here so that we can have hope and that God's work is happening even though you might not think it is. And stories like Rob told us um, are true. We're not, we're, not, we're not sure of what stories God's revealing in people that we've spoken to. Uh, you know, I, I was speaking to a guy a few weeks, uh, a couple of months ago, who was telling me about um, his now son-in-law, who was a Muslim guy, um, came as a migrant to Melbourne, went to St. Paul's Cathedral as a tourist just to have a walk through, and someone gave him a Bible. And he actually started reading this Bible. And as a result of that, started to become, and has become a Christian, found a church and stuff like that. Those stories really do happen. <laughs> and there may have been people that you've given Bibles to, there may have been people that you've spoken to, that God has been at work in, that you'll never see or know. Um, but those stories may be being revealed in other places, and other spaces that we may never know of. So don't lose hope that God is at work through us as we proclaim his gospel. Into chapter 5. We reminded, he reminds them and us in that this, uh, it says, God has made us for this very purpose. Our purpose, and remember when we came up with the church's purpose statement, that's what it was, moving people in following Christ. Our purpose is to be proclaimers of the gospel, to display, proclaim, live the gospel uh, with each other and with those that God places uh, in our paths. And he's given us his spirit to do about it. So first thing that I, I just want to keep reiterating through all of this is just pray, 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 pray. I'm going to get to some practical stuff in a minute, and that's good and that's helpful. But ultimately, it's us crying out to God for him to work in us and through us as we communicate the gospel. 
Therefore, we can be confident. Uh, Andrew talked about that last year, uh, last year, last week. Um, and uh, the gospel power uh, is at work through us, even sometimes when we don't feel it. Uh, we live by faith, not by sight, so we can be confident. Uh, since then, uh, we know what it's to fear the Lord. We'll actually persuade people. And that whole idea of persuading people is actually presenting the gospel in a bit of an um, understandable, reasonable, explaining the reason you have the hope. And so the gospel is not just a nice story. It's not just, um, sorry, not just your nice story. Um, it's actually a set of truths that we actually need to know how to communicate uh, and persuade people with and press into people. But as right through the New Testament, we do that with gentleness, respect, love and kindness, just as Christ did as well. All of this is from God uh, to his church for those who are coming to faith. And it goes as far. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. This message, this ministry that I talked about at the start, this ministry of reconciliation, this ministry... Uh, he says, it's like we're ambassadors, so we're God's representatives on this earth. We're God's representatives to our neighbours and our friends and our work colleagues, our uni mates, our schoolmates. And then it's this word, as though God were making his appeal through us. That's the confidence that we can have. That God's actually using our mouth to make his appeal to people. Because he says there at the end of chapter 6 that remember now is the time of God's favour. Now is the day of salvation. And that's what Jesus said when he left, when he ascended into heaven and he promised that he's coming back again. He said in that period is the day of salvation. <laughs> I'm coming at the end to bring judgment but now is the day of, judge, uh, sorry, now is the day of salvation. Turn to him. So Paul has confidence in the gospel. Paul's compelled by the gospel. You read it in these verses. It just sort of flows out of him. And Paul is also practical about the gospel. Uh, and we're going to explore that a little bit together. So as you read these letters, we'll go to the next slide. Um, you see that Paul is so captivated by the gospel and what's happened is that it just, like I just said, it just flows out of him. He starts sort of, uh, Paul is renowned through the Old Testament of having really long sentences. In, and it's like he starts talking and he just can't stop and he just keeps going on. And then he starts talking about this bit over here and then this bit over here and then this bit over And as you read through these letters, it's like that. He just keeps talking and he keeps them coming back to Jesus and what Jesus has done and who uh, I, I was, I once was and who I am now because of Jesus. And it just sort of flows out of him. Uh, and this is something, um, that a tool that I've been uh, reading and um, exposing people to and training uh, in, is this idea of gospel fluency. Is that we so know the gospel in our own hearts, we so know the truth of it, that it flows out of us. And it's interesting, you can't read it, but it says here, speaking the truths of Jesus into the everyday stuff of life. And so this is the stuff that wants to come out in our everyday sort of stuff. Um, there's, you know, I like how Rob distinguished between uh, the mission trip and the everyday stuff. And I think for, for us, I want to press into how do we become gospel fluent in our everyday how do we learn to talk about Jesus with um, our soccer mates or with our work colleagues or our um, neighbours? Um, 
And how do we, and, and I think if you think about fluency, it's like a language. And when you learn language, there's actually sort of grammar and structure and uh, vocab that you need to learn. Um, and which you guys, uh, if you've been Christian for a long time, and many of you in this space have been, have been um, equipped and trained and empowered in that for years and years and years and years. And I, what I always say to people, you far underestimate how much of this um, gospel fluency you have in you. <laughs> you've sat under years of teaching and preaching, you've read the word, you know the language and that, and it's actually in you. And you can actually have confidence. Remember when, when Paul said that uh, when you get up, you won't know what to speak, that the Holy Spirit will speak through you. Often he uses that stuff that has been put into you year after year after year after you've read the Bible, you've interacted in life groups as you've been a part of a Christian community. As you've been immersed in it, um, you actually have it. And that's why, um, that's why I often say, and people hate it when I say it, is... I say, when a gospel opportunity comes, just say something. Just try something. Try, and it might sound stupid, and it might sound awkward, and it, you might be embarrassed. But ultimately, more and more, this stuff that God's been putting into your heart over all these years will actually start to flow out of you and, and, and meshed with the work of the Holy Spirit is the power of the gospel working in us and through us. And remember that it's often in the weaknesses, in our inabilities to be able to do this really well, that God's power works. And that's not stepping away. And I don't want to step away because Paul doesn't do it. I don't think Jesus did it either. I don't think any of the apostles did it. Is that they studied hard the story of God. They, they worked out really well their own stories. They became very good at being able to explain the gospel. They built up lots of vocab. They knew the grammar and stuff like that. But they weren't dependent on that. <laughs> but it helped them uh, as God's... Uh, sort of works in us and has designed us that way as well. So, um, and then we, uh, through that, become, as I like the, the, the way Paul writes it here, is we become the manifestation of the truth. <laughs> manifestation is uh, sort of God becoming uh, physical or God revealing himself in a powerful way. We become that as we live it and speak uh, the gospel. Um, So we're going to the next slide. A great way to communicate the gospel is through story. So this is where I've been doing this training with Cavell uh, volunteers and uh, networkers there um, about learning to communicate through story. Um, and you might say, I'm not very good at story, um, but basically you can't communicate without it. Everyone, no matter who you are, communicates using these three stories. You will have uh, a God story, or yours might not be God of the Bible. It might be a worldview. You have some dominant big story that helps you make sense of life and the world. And that's a story that will come out of you as you speak and live in the world. Uh, you'll have your story or our story, uh, your own life's experiences and things that have happened to you. over. And then uh, as you have a relationship with someone, you're speaking to someone and they have a story. Uh, and so those three uh, are interacting together 
uh, as we seek to uh, communicate the gospel. And so there's a big sort of push in uh, sort of Christian circles around this whole idea of becoming good storytellers. We're actually in a culture in the well, most cultures in the world are actually built around the ability to be able to tell story um, and communicate through story. And I think it's happening um, more and more so in the West as well, where it used to be a lot more sort of reason and, um, and knowledge and sort of um, science in many ways. It's actually there's more an opening for people to engage with story and hear story, uh, hear of people's experiences, how they got through things, what made them the way they are, um, which tends to be a bit more um, what I would say spiritual <laughs> rather than just rational and reasoned. And so it's a great opportunity for us to learn and to grow into this. Uh, it's even interesting if you read through the Bibles, think, think, uh, read through the, um, the Gospels and the Epistles that Paul and the Apostles and Jesus did this all the time. They actually became really good at being able to tell stories or latch into stories that were happening. So Paul does it a number of times as he's explaining the gospel. Sometimes he talk, does it in legal language. He picks up the story of the legal system and he uses legal language. And for some people, they need to hear that. Another time he picks up uh, the business realm and he starts to talk about the gospel in regard to redemption financially and things like that. Um, and other times he picks it up in the slave world and he actually tells the story out of the slave world situation. Just think about Jesus and the stories he told that picked up the everyday things of life. He's walking past a fig tree, and he notices something, and that begins a story with his disciples. Um, he's walking past a temple, and he sees a temple, and he uses that as a as an everyday way to speak the gospel. <laughs> To use, uh, and there were stories around that, the me meanings around that. Um, think of the images that he uses water, bread, meals. Um, he's gospel fluent in that. And I think that's an example for us to follow. Think about the things in our world today. Things, think about the things in your friends' lives that are avenues for you to speak about Jesus. And we actually have to do a bit of work to think about them. <laughs> And so that's where we're um, sort of going to go now. Um, we're going to look at three. We'll go, I'm just going to look at those three stories. And this is where it gets practical for you um, to think about how you do this. So the first one is the story of God, and which is the biblical story. I'm picking up the biblical story from sort of Genesis through to Revelation. Um, and I've just thrown up on here just lots of ideas. And you can just have a sort of a rove through uh, lots of the images up there. Um, some of these you guys will have heard, um, some of them uh, might be new. Um, I have been encouraging our volunteers, and this is your homework for this week, is to spend some time, uh, and I would probably say limit it to about 10 minutes, where you draw out the story of God. So you start from creation, and you start to draw out what the Bible says, um, and you can do it in a succinct, maybe even try it in five minutes. And so some of these things that we've got here, and this is what, you, if you've been around me or recently, I just use these images where you might use a creation uh, image. Uh, some people use rebellion or fall or sin. 
Uh, redemption is the work of Jesus, is, and then restoration, the Bible gives the picture at the end of what it's going to be. Uh, this one I've been using a bit lately is these symbols up the top, creation, rebellion, promise, redemption, church, restoration. And you might think, oh, they're all big words that people don't sort of know. Actually, is if you get time to actually explain them, a lot of people know these words. And actually, if you just sort of spend a bit of time, oh, yeah, I actually do know that. Um, think of Colin Buchanan, big words that end in Sean. Um, kids can even get these words. Um, I put a link up on the Facebook page, or Joel did, to the Bible Project. They've got some excellent material on how to communicate the gospel visually, um, how to uh, communicate Bible stories and themes. There's one there that we've sent the link to that talks about um, how do you explain different uh, aspects of the way the Bible's written, how to engage people in that. So have a look at that, uh, Creation, Fall, Redemption. Jesus, the storybook Bible, it's one of my faves. It just does this all the time. It puts every Bible story into the big story. And they don't treat the little Bible stories by themselves, but there's a big story that's at work. Uh, oh, that's my picture over there that I did uh, the other night. Um, that's what I want you to do. Do this. And the reason I'm wanting you to do it is so that you become fluent at being able to tell this story. It's going to be very rare that you actually get opportunity to sit down and draw like this with someone. It's not going to, don't, don't think it's a tool that I'm going to pull out. And, um, but what you will do is you'll pick up little symbols or signs. And when you are speaking to someone, if you're like me, you're a visual person, you will sketch something out. Or um, I did it this week, you know, the bridge diagram. Have you ever done, seen the bridge diagram where you sort of... I used that, started that, and then put that in the context of the bigger story. And I think we've got to do that really uh, in Australia at the moment because when you talk, start to talk about sin and salvation and stuff like that, people need to know the bigger story of creation, uh, what is sin, uh, where, you know, what is the hope of the world. And so this sort of needs to fit into that bigger story as well. Uh, here's a challenge. I always do this lineal. See if you can draw out the story of the Bible, not lineal, so not timeline. It's a bit of a challenge. So I, um, uh, I, I went with themes. I started to go with themes to go through the Bible. And then I started to go with people. What are the different people? And so that as you do this, you link into, oh, that's a great, I love telling that story. Or as you, uh, that story links in with my story. So when I'm telling that situation, I'll often talk about Joseph and how God was working through him. Or uh, actually, when I talk about that, uh, the Bible Project have got this excellent one on the kingdom of heaven and earth coming together. It's a great visual picture of um, able to communicate the gospel. And so this is the stuff where I want you actually to work at this. I actually want you to spend some time becoming fluent in this story, knowing that we don't depend on it, but that God uses it. And, and that we, what you find, it becomes actually exciting for you. When I get drawing, when I get drawing this, it, I can't stop. And I start drawing this, and I start drawing this, and I start talking about this, and I get... And it actually gets me excited about the story of God. So that's your uh, homework for this week. Um, here was a, I, I saw it was half time of one of the footy matches. It's Adelaide, uh, no Port Adelaide, and I think it was Travis Boak. They were looking at his training regime. He was he's the captain, isn't he? And so he has to make decisions about what he communicates to his players. 
And so then they put him under stress. <laughs> so they get him riding on a, really, on a bike really fast or they, um, they had him lined up against a wall and they were throwing tennis balls at him and stuff like that. And as he was doing that, he had to then communicate the, the plans for their players. <laughs> And it's a bit like that. I just want, I want you to start doing that, that sort of stuff. How do you train yourself? And Cavell Corner is a great place to do this. And we don't treat the people as our projects, but it is an opportunity to actually engage with people and see if God's opening up an opportunity for me to practice presenting the gospel. And not just because, we, but because we actually want them to know it. Okay, I've got to go. Next one is our stories. How good are you at telling your story? And again, this is your homework as well. There's three lots of homework. Um, is to draw out your story this week. To spend another bit of time um, to draw out your story. To go through... Oh, you've, you guys have been doing this in your life groups. So you've already done a lot of the, the preparation for this. But where I go to people now with this is know your story... And know the situations in your story which are gospel communi- communication opportunities. And so often, often they tend to be in brokenness. When I was sick or when I was this and when I was this, I remember that Jesus did. And, and this is where I want to push you, and I've had to do this myself too, is to push you in your story to talk about Jesus. Use his name. Because, and I've said this a number of times, we as Christians are experts at editing Jesus out of our stories. But we want Jesus to be the hero of our stories, to know how our stories work and the highs and the lows, the intricacies and stuff like that of our stories and, how, and point to Jesus in those. Uh, three little tips I like this. Tell stories about Jesus. Tell stories that Jesus told. Uh, tell stories about you and Jesus. Um, so you can even use, think of some of the stories that Jesus told and how they can be sort of modern-day parables interpreted through your story. Great way to actually get to talk about uh, Jesus in that. Um, I think we can be a little bit hit and miss on our stories, we can, when people are getting to know us, we sort of just can uh, end up talking about a lot of fluff. <laughs> and so knowing our stories well uh, helps us to be able to communicate those gospel truths um, when opportunity present, uh, presents itself. Look for those gospel points, uh, do some diary stuff. Oh, this is one that people have been doing a little bit too. Maybe create opportunities. Uh, I was talking to Rob. Rob was telling me he worked with this guy, um, on, I think it was a building site, and he had something in his pocket. I can't remember what it was in his pocket. Um, people would often ask, what's that in your pocket? And it was something about his faith or his journey or whatever, and it gave him opportunity to speak uh, the gospel. I was talking to Rob Vanderzag this week, who's talking about John Maxwell. He does all these massive talks to people. Um, he says there's four things that you need to be a good leader. Um, one is character, one is, well, I can't even remember what they are. And he only gives them three. And the fourth one is actually God or spiritual things. And he never says it. But he asks, uh, what happens is people always say, oh, you said four, what's the fourth one? And they give, 
So weave into your story or weave into your communication opportunities to raise conversation. Just, just be careful with all of this. Be careful that people don't become projects and that this is about us doing this special stuff. But I think that's um, being equipped and empowered in this. Um, the Holy Spirit tends to work through that as we become competent in this. We're not relying on that stuff, but the, the Holy Spirit tends to, to work in and through us as we do that. And then the fourth one, uh, sorry, the third one is uh, other people's stories. And this is actually more about listening. Uh, I put some quotes up here. We have two ears and one mouth, so we should listen more than we say. Uh, there's a lot of difference between listening and hearing. And uh, this one here, I like this one. Long before I wrote stories, this was from an author, uh, I listened for stories. Listening for them is something more acute than listening to them. Okay, hear the difference? Listening for them is something different to listening to them. Suppose uh, it's an early form of participation in what goes on. Listening, children, no stories are there. When their elders sit and they begin, children are just waiting and hoping for one to come out like a mouse out of its hole. So as you're listening and engaging with people, be listening to the story beyond the story. Why is it that they're telling you this? Why is it that this is a significant thing in their lives? Because remember what I said, everyone has a dominant story. And particularly as we're engaging with non-Christians, that could be a whole range of different things. And understanding that, knowing that, and maybe actually have to do some research about what that is. Uh, but listening, uh, and this is the other one that I'm thinking, I'm finding with this, is listening to people's stories in the everyday um, happens over time in different situations. So you, getting to people in different situations brings out different parts of their, situa- their stories. So actually engaging with people long term and giving them different experiences and you get to hear their story and often you don't get the story in one sitting um, but it's how can I actually um, get people and create places where people can tell their stories and tell them safely uh, and know them. Uh, I think it was Lauren that put this Insta quote up there. There isn't a person that you wouldn't love if you could read their story. There's a certain truth in that. Actually, you get to know people. You you actually get to understand why they are the way they are. Look for windows into people's hearts. Ask the, and this is the other one, as we're engaging, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what these people's stories are and why they are. Ask, um, ask for God to be at work um, revealing. Listen, 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 lots of listening, lots of praying. Do it with gentleness and respect. The other one that we talked about when, when we did this training was learning to ask questions that take people deeper. Uh, and I think that it's a, again, it's a bit of a skill. It's a bit of a grammar thing. It's a bit of what are the questions that I. And so we you start off with open-ended questions, so not just yes/no questions, but what, you know, questions about the way people feel, uh, questions about what gives people peace, questions about what people are afraid of, uh, questions about where do you see yourself in the future. Start to bring out 
um, sort of people's hearts and people's stories. So again, in that, learning to listen, learning to ask questions. Let's finish up the last slide with a joyful courage. We're reminded that we're not going to rely on any of that information or any of those tools that I just gave you. We don't rely on that. We rely on the gospel working in and through us as we seek to be better communicators. And we're reminded that we have this treasure in jars of clay in order to show the surpassing power is from God. Um, and I often have had it, I've had <laughs> Rob scenario, where I have given what I thought was the best gospel presentation and the person just went away totally confused. <laughs> I've given what I thought was the crappiest, littlest gospel opportunity and the people came back to me later and said tell me more about that <laughs> so we rely on the power of God in and through us be reminded people that this is hard work you are going to be hard pressed you're going to be perplexed you're going to be confused at how to do this and what people are thinking you're going to be in despair because you've been doing this with people for years and years and years and still nothing or you thought there was a a great opportunity and it, it dissolved into nothing. But we remember <laughs> that we're not crushed, we're not in despair, we're not abandoned, we're not destroyed because we're recipients of the gospel. So what does he say here just in this bit? You are new creations in Christ. <laughs> you are the dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. You have his fruit, his gifts in you in order for, for God's power uh, to be at work in and through you. And then uh, this week, I, as I came up with a song, I came up with a song and I had an 80s flashback. So we're going, we've got to ask the band to come up now. Um, there's that song. I, I remember it from the Katinkas. Was it, was it back in the... I think Tammy gave me this CD. And there's this song, uh, The Joy of the Lord Will Be My Strength, which he picks up Nehemiah chapter 8, where the joy of the Lord, the, the people of God are hit with the word of God again. And they fall on their knees and they start crying and they say, woe are we, who are we? We're, we're horrible, we're hopeless, we suck at this. And the leaders say to them, I want you to go away and be joyful. I want you to celebrate, I want you to go uh, and live and eat uh, in the everyday, uh, feasting in the joy of the Lord, being your strength. And this song brings that verse and links it with the passage that we just read, which is that we're hard-pressed, but we're not crushed. Uh, it's a song that should put a smile on our face and a spring in our step. Uh, I've got to get that in. Um, this is often hard for me when I have a personality that's a bit melancholic, a bit sort of, sort of um, dour at times, and that I've got to keep coming back to, that the gospel is good news. It's joyful. It's actually a good thing, and it's a joyful thing to want to be able to do this. And I, I need uh, other people to remind me of that. And I need to, get rem when I read the Bible, I'm reminded of that as well. And I need to sing songs like this to remind me of that truth, that when I leave here, this is not a burden that God's putting on me. This is a joy that he has set before me to be ambassadors for him, proclaimers of his gospel and his truth. So we're going to get retro, stand up.
I don't know how we're going to do this, but these guys are going to lead us. So this might be, you know, the 80s uh, standing side clapping. I don't know if you want to do that. Uh, you can get that happening as well. Let's uh, go out being knowing that the joy of the Lord uh, is our strength.